Hi, this is Daniel Levine. Before we begin this week's podcast, I wanted to take a moment to thank our listeners for tuning in each week and wish you all a happy and healthy new year. I also wanted to remind you that in partnership with Global Genes, we'll be launching Rarecast, our new podcast focused on the world of rare disease. Like the BioReport, Rarecast will be available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and through other major podcast managers, as well as GlobalGenesRareDaily.org. Rarecast will be launching the week of January 4th, so be sure to keep an eye out for it. And thanks for listening. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. As the biotech industry ramps up for the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference, we continue our conversation with TheStreet.com's Adam Feuerstein. In part two of our conversation, we look ahead to what's in store for the biotech industry in 2015. We get Feuerstein's thoughts on who and what to watch in the new year, what big pharma company may be the target of a takeover, and whether fights over drug pricing will put an end to biotech's bull market. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's good to be here, Danny. And thank you for coming back after a long week. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so we're kicking off the new year. People are preparing to gather in San Francisco for the annual J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference in San Francisco, the largest and most important financial conference for the industry. We've, we've talked about this in the past and all the activity that goes on around and outside of the conference. Uh, this year, there's a, a, a big difference, a, a notable absence, I hear. I, I understand you won't be attending. Why is that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone's going to care about this, but yes, I, I decided not to attend the J.P. Morgan Conference this year. And really, it was because, you know, I've attended, I think, every year since 2001. And uh, last few years, I kind of felt like, you know, do I need to be here? Is it possible to cover this conference remotely? And and really, the only way to answer that question is by not being there. Um, so that's kind of the grand experiment: is to see um, can I, you know, can I use the technology, you know, technology that's out there today, you know, Twitter and you know, webcasts and all these different things, and can I cover the conference, uh, you know, from from my home base and not be in San Francisco for it. Um, and I don't know the answer to the question. So it may be that, you know, I find out that I made a huge mistake and that I need to be there. And, and if that's the case, then I will be booking my, my hotel for J.P. Morgan 2016, you know, <laughs> a year in advance. Um, but we're going to see. So that that's the plan. So well, we'll see how it goes. We, we will miss you. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank so you. The, the industry <laughs> raised record amounts of cash in 2014. There were more than 100 IPOs and, and uh, an astounding number by any men- measure. Venture investors are washing cash. This is quite a change from recent years. How do you think that changes the, the focus and the conversations this year at and around J.P. Morgan? Well, I think it's, it's kind of a continuation of, you know, even 2013, 2014. I mean, the, you know, we were just we're in the midst of this, you know, financing boom and, you know, the, the overall, even with, you know, even with the recent, you know, kind of, 
you know, volatility, it's still uh, an amazing, it's been an amazing performance. So I think you're, you know, you still see, you know, the, those kinds of things. There's lots of, lots of, you know, at JP Morgan, there's always lots of, you know, partnering discussions and deal-making sessions. And you, know, you later find out inevitably that, you know, companies got together during that week, you know, uh, at JP Morgan. And it just sort of sets the tone for the year. So I don't, I don't think that's going to change. I think that's just going to continue. Um, you know, the whole, you know, really the, the sector just sort of revolves around that meeting, um, you know, for a week. So in the past two years, we've had close to 150 newly minted companies on U.S. exchanges. I, I know you don't follow IPOs closely, but are, are we in for a shake out so of these many. companies? God, it's like hard to get. Oh, it, 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 it is time. remarkable. <laughs> but, but how many of these companies are going to do what they need to do with the money they've raised and, and be able to raise additional cash when they need it? How, how much of an appetite will there be among investors? Well, I mean, if you sort of you look back, I mean, it seems like the appetite has been rather, you know, it's kind of been insatiable. I mean, there, you know, look, look, there, there, there are certain things. I mean, there are companies that, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, you look at companies on an individual basis, right? And so you, you know, it's not like, oh, because biotech is so hot, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be willing to invest in all, every, every IPO. No, I think that there was, there, you know, there, there have been times over the last couple of years where, you just sort of, you know, people were getting into IPOs just because it seemed like, you know, you could invest in an IPO and, and the stock would go up and it was, and, and it showed where people were chasing performance. Um, so, you know, whether that, I, I don't know if that, that's the situation that we're in right now is sort of we enter 2015. But look, big companies, you know, with exciting technologies are going to attract a lot of attention. I mean, maybe the best example is, you know, the Juno. You know the Juno IPO, which just we know just happened. Um, you know we, we just went through hugely oversubs- oversubscribed, right? Huge investor demand. Um, the whole CAR T, you know, uh, immuno cancer therapy, you know, cancer immunotherapy field is is red hot. Um, so that was an IPO. About a forty five percent pop on the first yeah, day. big pop. You know, I mean, it's got a three billion dollar plus market valuation. Uh, you know, and then Bellicum came out at the same time, you know, another, an, another sort of CAR T therapy. You know, you've got Kite, who's already been out. Um, so in those situations, like, you know, you look at the companies that really exciting technology, um, you're going to have people, you know, falling all over each other to get a piece of that. Right, last week we spoke about the, the recent move by Express Scripts to cut a deal with AbbVie over its recently approved hepatitis C drug. Right. How big a fight does the industry have over pricing in 2015, and, and what kind of a threat is this going to be to the bull market for biotech stocks? Yeah, I mean, you know, part of me like, feels like, yeah, maybe I, maybe I you know, I made a mistake not going to JP Morgan this year because I think that in every, you know, in every session, at every presentation, at every breakout room, in every in every one-on-one meeting that you know companies have with investors at, at J.P. Morgan this year, you know, drug pricing and the sustainability of drug pricing is going to be the big topic of conversation. I think you're going to hear it. You know, you're going to hear it from the drug companies who are going to be talking about. They're going to be defending the price, the pricing of drugs. They're going to be talking about innovation and 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 sort of R and D efficiencies. And then you know, for the payers, the health plans that are presenting there, you know, they're going to be talking about the other side, about how, you know, we, you know, we have budgetary constraints and about how pricing can't just continue to rise all the year. It's, it's a, it's a very interesting sort of debate. And I, I think it'll probably be, again, it'll be the biggest topic of conversation, um, at the meeting this year. You know, it's, it's an issue that, you know, we've, I think we've, as we, we talked about the last time you and I talked, you know, it, it's, it's something that has been, a, a 
an area of concern for a long time, but now it's here, and and I think it's you know, and and the industry has to address it. Unicure announced its pricing for its its gene therapy. Uh, Pfizer entered into agreement with Spark Therapeutics. Bluebird reported yeah. strong results. Is, is 2015 going to be a breakout year for gene therapy? Well, I, it's definitely it's definitely one of the one things that I'm that I'm really focused on. Um, you know, we, we sort of ended 2014. You know, Bluebird. Uh, had just had some pretty amazing results with uh with their beta thalassemia uh gene therapy you know they were at the American Society of Hematology meeting um you know and, and the results were you know early but pretty spectacular uh and like you said you know, you've got you know the so, so you got the just the Pfizer deal and 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 Glybera uh it's you know it's it, what's amazing there is you're, what you're talking about here the potential is you know a single treatment that cures a disease, uh, and we don't talk about that. You know, we, we, we rarely talk about cure, right? I mean, we don't really talk about it under rare circumstances do we talk about curing disease, and in here, you're talking about uh, the potential for a single treatment to do that. Um, that's amazing, uh, and so the whole, you know, the sort of, you know, the, the issue that you sort of think, if you look ahead, you think about, well, how do you price something like that? Right? I mean, what do you charge <laughs> for a single treatment that, uh, that cures a disease? You know, and I've had conversations with, with Bluebird CEO Nick Leshley about this. You know, he, and you know, he, like he doesn't, he kind of backs away and doesn't really, you know, and I understand why, doesn't really want to talk about what he may charge, you know, given the fact that they're still in the early stages of development. But, uh, that, that, you know, as we sort of move along and we get more data from these companies, that's going to be really interesting debate and discussion that could happen this year. How about the immunotherapies that have generated so much excitement in the oncology space? How, how big a year will 2015 be for immunotherapies? Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be another big year, right? I, I, you know, the, I mean, you look at the, you know, you look at the CAR-T therapies, uh, you know, you got Juno and Kite and Bellicum and Novartis. Um, those companies are just continuing to run their studies. Um, we'll get more results from those studies. You know, they're sort of moving into multi-center studies. So we're going to see how, how the, you know, those the, kind of the stunning results we've seen so far are replicated when we, when we run into, when we run larger studies. And we find, and, you know, and importantly, as we follow these patients, uh, for longer periods of time, I mean, you know, we've seen amazing remissions. In some of these blood cancers, you know, in a lot of the kids that have been getting these CAR T therapies, but you know, well, over time, we want to see how durable those remissions are uh, and what happens. And so, 2015 is going to be a really amazing year, interesting year to follow that. And then on the sort of the PD1 checkpoint inhibitor stuff, you know, we're going to see uh, expanded, you know, looking into, you know, we've obviously seen them in melanoma and, and stuff, but you know, this is a big year for lung cancer. We're going to get. Uh, we're going to get some pretty definitive data um, in from the checkpoint inhibitors uh, in in lung cancer to see uh, how the how those you know how that these therapies uh, you know can can work in that in that cancer it's a, it's a much bigger commercial market opportunity than melanoma so that's I think that's a big thing in 2015. Pfizer failed in its attempts to buy AstraZeneca in 2014. Any blockbuster acquisitions on the horizon in, in 2015? Any any big pharma's likely to be bought? Well, so so I'll, I'll break some news here. Okay, so so I, I do put out a I do put out a list of predictions for two thousand you know, every year biotech stock predictions. And so one of my predictions for 2015 is that Gilead is going to buy Bristol Myers Squibb. <laughs> That is one of my, now I don't know if it's going to come true, and, and usually my, my, my M&A acquisitions, I have a horrible track record when it comes to my M&A. 
predictions. Well, <laughs> but I, and the way I think about that is, I think you know, we always sort of talk about big pharma buying uh, biotech. I, I, I kind of look at it. You know, if you look at the market caps, like you know, Gilead's a much bigger company now. Um, and so I wonder if they want to get into cancer in a big way and get into cancer immunotherapy in a big way. Maybe they'll buy Bristol Myers. I think it's a compelling thought. <laughs> you don't believe it for a second, Dave. No, 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 no. I, I, I think it's a compelling thought. But I, but I, I think you're right, though, that, that you know, a company like Gilead, is a, it's a much more compelling buyer today than... Yeah. Than well, the, the, well, the company like Gilead, I mean, Gilead, you know, all troubles aside recently with the whole Express Script stuff, you know, they are, they are, um, they are generating huge amounts of cash. Um, and... What's amazing always what I what I what I've loved about Gilead is that Gilead is not afraid to sort of transform themselves. I mean, you know, when they you know, when they bought Pharmacet, that was a transformative deal, right, that got them into hepatitis C and you see where it's taken them. Um I feel like, you know, they're gonna do something, you know, that's kinda one of the some a lot of people speculate in two thousand fifteen is sort of what what is the next move for Gilead? And I think, you know, they've already kind of moved pretty aggressively into cancer, into oncology. Um, you know, they just hired a, uh, they just hired somebody to run their oncology division, uh, practice, you know, and, and, and I think that you're gonna, I think that you might see them do something pretty big, uh, even bigger in oncology. Um, so that's kind of where the, the Bristol Myers thing for me sort of came up, cause that's kind of, that would be, that would certainly raise a lot of, uh, eyebrows. Oh, well, let's talk about what to watch in 2015. Who, who's facing big tests in the airhead? Give me a, a, a company, a, a CEO, a product to watch in 2015. Let, let, let's start with the company. Well, um, you know, I, we talked about it before. I mean, again, I talk, sort of high up on my list would be Bluebird. Um, again, sort of the gene therapy, just because it's so transformative. You know, they, they've kind of shown proof of concept in BSL thalassemia. Um, they are running studies in sickle cell disease now. They're starting to enroll patients um, in, sick, in a sickle cell trial uh, using their gene therapy. And that's a, that is a, pretty, that's a really big market, and there are, no, there are just really no good effective therapies in sickle cell. Um, so if they can show that the gene therapy is effective in sickle cell, that is huge. So that I think that to me is one of the really most interesting things to watch in 2015. How about a CEO? Uh, a CEO, um, you know, maybe you know, uh, you know, maybe you know, maybe John Martin, you know, Gilead, you know, just given the given sort of the things that are happening now with drug pricing and and kind of expectations that you know they're going to you know what they're going to do next. Um, you know, he, he made a bold move before, and and I think it'll be interesting to watch you know watch what they do. Um, you know, and, and on big pharma, you know, you have probably Pfizer, right? I mean, you know, like you mentioned, you know, they you know. Failed in their efforts, you know, in their M and A efforts uh, last year, and sort of maybe to see what they if they try to do something again this year. So that might on the on the farmer side, that might be really interesting. And how about a product to watch? Is there something late stage in the clinic that's going to be facing a an approval? Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I I, I probably and I, again, I'm sorry to be repetitive, but but I think these are the things that are really biggest. You know, probably the PD ones. Um, I think those will be interesting to watch just because, again, we, we sort of want to see them expanding into some of the bigger cancer markets, uh, you know, lung cancer. Um, products that are sort of coming out, maybe the, you know, I think might be what be interesting to watch is uh, the PCSK9s, um, you know, the cholesterol-lowering drugs that uh, Amgen 
and Regeneron have, you know, they're, they're, they're under review with the FDA right now, so they should probably, I mean, I think they'll probably be approved this year. Um, so to see how those do, you know, injectable drugs, how they do in, in, a, in a potentially big cholesterol market. But I think also what's interesting there is that that, that market is also sort of potentially at risk for the kind of, uh, you know, express script, uh, drug, you know, lowering cost kind of thing that we saw with hep C. So that might be, you know, when those drugs launch, um, you know, they're, they're kind of interchangeable. Um, and so to see how, uh, you know, how the PBMs and the health plans take on those drugs will be interesting to watch. So is, is there a big theme for 2015? Drug pricing, 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 pricing. <laughs> <laughs> Drug pricing, right? I mean, I think, you know, like, and, and, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, you and I are speaking now when that's like, you know, and at the forefront, it's like right sitting in front of our face. So, uh, it's easy to say that. And, you know, you never know what's going to come up later on in the year. But as I, as I sit here right now, I mean, that's, that's, that's the big topic of conversation. Adam Pierstein, senior columnist for thestreet.com. Adam, thanks as always. All right. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.